Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. It is my absolute pleasure to introduce one of my complete strength teammates, represent with the with the t-shirt on. Um, it is Hannah. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I can't complain. It's leg day, so I'm pretty tired. But less about me and, and more about you. And we're going to delve right into the podcast after a little, I don't want to say brief, I want a big introduction of <laughs> who you are, your, uh, you know, a summary of your bodybuilding career to date, but more so, you know, chat about your successes this year as well um, in the realms of competing in the bikini class. So, from when you first picked up a dumbbell to now, go. Okay. Um, so, I've been training quite a long time. I started kind of just getting into the gym because um, I wanted to feel better about myself. Um, and I started off with one of those six week programs with an online coach. And I really, really fell in love with bodybuilding. And then after that, I kind of got into a diet with a coach and he put me on keto and I oh. agree with it. Yeah. yeah um, and I wasn't losing any weight. And my now coach, Jake Watts from Amplified Nutrition, was like, please, like, I can see how hard you're working. Let me help you. Um, so after some badgering, uh, I put my faith in him and I haven't looked back since. So I wasn't with um, Jake for very long before him and one of his good friends, Emily Deluzzi, were like, your body's screaming bikini girl. So um, I was like, no, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. Uh, but that was in March. I booked a photo shoot in August with Matt Marsh. When and you it say, was on when you say March, day that, um, what year are we talking about? This, oh, sorry, this was 2018. Okay, perfect. Continue, I've been sorry. at it a while. Um, but yeah, so that was August 2018. And then on shoot day, um, Jake said to me, look, there's a show in three weeks. I think you'll do well. Do you want to do it? And I kind of thought, why not? Um, yeah. So that was UK BFF. That was the Kent Classic at the end of August on the bank holiday. Um Went in with no expectations, then won and got an invite to the British finals. Yes. Which was pretty good. Uh, um, so, yeah, I went to the Brits and got sixth place at my first Brits. Excuse so, me. top six, which was surreal. Um, and then after that, massively just fell in love with it. Uh, wanted to do the same again the next year. Did. I won and then I got a fourth place at the Brits. Class. But by this point, I built up quite a lot of muscle and I wasn't really what UK BFF were looking for anymore. The girls that placed above me were softer than me. They didn't have as much muscle as me. And it was that kind of decision of, do I want to be who I am or do I want to do what a judge wants to see? And if I did what the judge wanted to see and then I got there and that wasn't quite what they wanted because we all know judges change their mind yeah, all the time. Yeah. Um, would I be disappointed? So I was like, no, I'm going to train how I want to train. I'm going to put on some muscle. I'm going to enjoy it. And uh, I'm, I'm very genetically blessed, I think, um, that I do put on quite a, a good amount of muscle. So, uh, yeah, came back again this year and did two rows, Brits, which was the best day I've ever had backstage. It was so much fun. The girls were incredible. The staff were amazing. And we all just had so much fun yeah. um and i entered the novice category so it was my first mpc ifbb and i won 
and then I got third in the open for my height class which was unreal and the girls that placed above me were well deserving of that they were phenomenal mm-hmm. um, then went on to do the Ben which was four weeks later the Ben Weeder uh, and again got third in my category again really really happy the girls were amazing and then surprise <laughs> <laughs> I did the PCA uh, UK Open um, on Sunday just gone and I'm absolutely over the moon to say that they also kind of rated my physique and give me a second in the Open category in my class so yeah I've had one an amazing three years but an unbelievable year Um, I can't quite believe that yeah, I've managed I, to bring home the silverware that I have. I was saying uh, off podcast that I was kind of keeping an eye on the PCA show just on their story because they were putting up a, a wee highlight and I had to like go back. So I was like, wait, that's Hannah. She didn't, she didn't say she's competing this weekend. <laughs> so it was kind of like, boom, surprising. Hey, you know what? You absolutely fucking smashed it. Um, and Thank you. I think one of the sort of take-homes from what you you just said and listened to you and I hope that any sort of beginner bikini girls um, listen to that is you decided that you wanted to train how you wanted to train and yeah. not just to fit what a certain look of a certain federation want. And I think, I, you know, I respect that hugely because I, I say to everyone all the time, the past three or four years, I've not trained for classic physique. I just fit that category. And yeah. it's only now I'm training in a certain manner to try and maybe perhaps bring up some areas to fit it better. But... I think that's a, a big take home because a lot of females getting in, into the sport. Well, I mean, talk talk me through it. You'll probably be you'll probably know better than I do. Was there ever a time that it crossed your mind, right? You know what? Maybe I should train differently. What was the definitive decision of nah, fuck it, I'm going to do it my way. Yeah, so I think you've always got to have a really good balance. Um, if you are choosing to compete, um, then that is something you do have to consider. You do have to consider what the federation are looking for, um, and yeah, I think that is something that you have to find the balance with when you're considering: are you are you wanting to compete? Are you looking to be a competitive athlete? In which case, what federation are you going to go with, and what are they looking for? So when I was with UKBFF for two years, they very much have that X shape. They have that front on pose where they're looking to see a wide shoulder, a small waist, and then good glutes and good legs. Mm. They want that clear X. Obviously, two bros, they want the X shape, but in a different way. So they're not looking for you to really build up your back. In fact, your hair will be covering your back. And they actually, not the federation, but the feeling is that we encourage long hair because they're not interested in seeing your back. Um, Again, you don't have to have long hair to compete with NPC or IFBB, but if you look at the girls that are on stage, they do have on the whole long hair. And what you want to do if you're going to compete is you want to be, and I think the best way to say this, that is sounding negative, you want to be the best version of a duplicate. Yeah. That's what it is. So... For me, I trained every body part. I trained like a body part split, like an old school bodybuilding split. Um, And when I started, I did Monday, International Chest Day, (laughs) (laughs) 
Tuesday, back and by, Wednesday, legs, Thursdays, um, oh, what did I do? Chest, chest and try, back and by, legs, and then I rest, uh, and then repeat pretty much again. And I started adding in more leg workouts and things like that. Um, but it got to a point where everything was pretty good. And then my coach said to me, okay, well, you need to build up your imbalances. Yeah. So my upper body was bigger than my lower. So then you start to tweak how you're training and what you're training and the frequency that you're training. Um, and as we know, for bikini girls, we're focusing on our delts and our glutes. Yep, 100%. That's, that's what they want to see. So you have to find that balance. And, and I think it's important that you love training yeah. because if you don't, then you're not going to be willing to tweak it to fit how you need to look. And I think Phoebe Hagen talks about this a lot and it's about body sculpting, it's body building. You're not, you're not constantly trying to get bigger and bigger and bigger. You're trying to improve upon the look that you have. Yeah, that's a very good show. Because she, uh, I think I had her on a podcast a while ago. She said she's she's a bit too muscular and if they kind of said she can't get any bigger or they won't place her, which I suppose when you, like, if I, like, if someone said that to me, I don't think I'd compete because I fucking love getting big. But yeah. then, then it kind of it kind of comes down to if you want to be a professional bodybuilder, then then that's the case. But a lot of people listening to this podcast perhaps don't want to be professional bodybuilders and that's all good. But what I want to do is just sort of delve right into today's podcast um, and some of the topics we're going to discuss. It's kind of just like what it was kind of like for you competing during a, a global pandemic and with having you know shows pushed back and uncertainty and gyms being closed and whatnot. And I guess... If we kind of go back to the start of lockdown, you know, what was yeah. what what were the planned shows, and from those planned shows, you know, how did your prep change? How did you cope with training from home, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. So talk us through that if you could. Yeah, um, so I actually started prep in January with a view to doing some earlier shows. Um, I was aiming to do there was a two rows at the beginning of May. Um, which I think was sponsored by JP, and I was looking to do that one. Um, and then my body didn't really respond to prep at the beginning of the year, so we called it quits after about five weeks, and then I restarted again on the 7th of March, and then we went into lockdown on the 18th. Yeah. So the initial plan was to do uh, a show at the end of July with two bros, um, and then do the london pca okay i think that was at the end of september yeah um so it was like the last shows that i could do before both federations went to the brits yeah that was kind of the process um and when we went into lockdown and the gyms closed at no point did i go well there's no point yeah because for me Prep is not about the show, it's about the process. And I like pulling back the off-season and seeing what I've managed to create the whole time. Um, I think if you're constantly training and building and everything else and you never pull back and cut off and kind of look at what you've got underneath, then you lose that drive and that motivation because you're like, oh, I don't see any... I'm not getting anything back from it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we kind of progressed on... Training from home was interesting. 
That's a word, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. But I definitely got into my groove. Um, and I kept myself accountable. I also implemented some simple little things like... Um, I noticed that a lot of people started going for a walk pre-workout or like getting in their car and just driving around the block or taking themselves away from that situation, creating a new routine. And I am so driven by routine and structure that I needed to do that. Yep. So after I finished work, um, I would go for a little walk around the block and I'd have my pre-workout. And that was how I did it. Um, and I didn't have a huge amounts to hand, but I, I worked on tempo and I did countless supersets and drop sets. Um, and I just really, really focused on that mind to muscle connection. And I did find myself failing. I mean, it, it, towards the end, it was it was harder to fail. Yeah. But then going back into the gym, there were only a few movements, like, for example, a squat. My squat got weak, but it wasn't, I don't think, a tissue issue. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, I think it was more like just over time, when you've not squatted for a long time, you lose your form. And getting back into that is quite difficult. Yeah, 100%. I think like many, you know, that focusing on tempo, I mean, I've had a lot of clients say that it really helped them when they went back to training in the gym, like actually just connect with the move so much more and and get more out of it. Get Like within four weeks, be way stronger than they were before yeah. lockdown. And, and this is where like I take my hat off too because I had, a pla- I had a little place to train the whole time. You know, I was very fortunate for that, but... People like yourself and my clients and whatnot, doing the do from home and whether you know doing a foam roller, banded drop set, yeah. hack squat, rest pause. Um, after a I suppose a, a wee while, 12, 14 weeks, I'd imagine there's every thought in your head telling you to not do it and you can be fucked. But you got it done, and for the majority, well, I guess what I'm assuming is that your prep did your prep start again throughout lockdown when the shows re-announced or or what happened there i didn't stop prep damn you've been dying <laughs> fucking 10 yeah. months man Jesus. yeah i and i am one of those um really unfortunate people that my body doesn't lose weight very easily and so i don't get cheat meals or off-plan meals whatever you want to call them um when my body does respond then we we utilize refeeds towards the end to keep me full. Yeah. But I actually, so I celebrated my 30th birthday in lockdown as well. So did I. Yeah. Well, I mean, what so, a way, eh? Yeah. It was three days before um, I celebrated, but we got, I think it was the 22nd of March, we got locked down <clears throat> Sunday night. My birthday was on the 18th. Right, okay. So, yeah, and it was a week out before the Ben Weeder originally in March that Yes. Yeah. That was the yeah. one that was the one I was supposed to do, but hey oh. Anyway, sorry. I just wanted to say for those that are listening, you know, if you haven't just realised that Hannah prepped for twenty four weeks, is that right? So it was so I did a stint at the beginning of the year. I took two weeks off and then I restarted on the seventh of March. And then my last show was on Sunday. I haven't even counted because it. I think I'll cry. So that <laughs> so that's seven seven months in a week from when you start prep again. So seven times four people are going to call me at twenty eight. Add another week, twenty nine. Add the five weeks that you've done, thirty four. Maybe someone's going to listen to that and just call me out. But thirty four weeks. 
My first prep, though, I so I started. This is how sad I am. I remember dates and numbers and everything else. I started in 2018 on the 15th of January with the keto diet that was not very successful. Right. Um, and I I finished on the 13th of October. So it was nearly 10 months. Fuck me. So you, you're used to that. I'm so... And, and even in my off-season, I I stick to my structure. So for three years, I've eaten to a meal plan. Like, it just works for me. Yeah, 100%. But I, a heck of a lot of admiration for you. I do a 12, 14-week prep, and I'm fucked by the, by the end of it. But no, that's that's absolutely awesome. Now, um, we're going off a little bit of a tangent here, but that's completely fine. Now... In previous years, you've had that certainty of, right, okay, let's say it was supposed to be the end of April. Right, that is the show. I'm fucking all in. I'm going for it. Now, it, it was obviously a bit of a head fuck when lockdown yeah. happened, right? But as, yeah. you, as you continued to your prep and then they announced a show, I, I remember that they announced it, but then they pushed it back, right? Yeah. So how, how was that for you? Did you kind of have that excitement of, right, shows are here, then they, you know, a few weeks later, they... The, the reschedule it. How did that feel? That was hard. That was really hard. Um, part of me never believed that. So I never get excited for shows. Um, I almost like pretend like they're not happening. Right. So for me, when they were like, oh, this is the show day, even up until PCA on Sunday, I was... Like, sure, okay, that's the show day. Like, I think you have to go into it with the view that you're not doing it for that one day. Now, I know that we are. I know that we are. But if you pin all of your purpose and your goals and everything else to one day, you're going to be so lost and so upset. And say that doesn't turn out for you. Say you, you go in there with this expectation that you're going to come home with silverware and you don't. My God, that must be a hard pill to swallow. What what you're doing is you're just retelling my own story from three years ago. Because <laughs> that is exactly what i done for a year and a half was fixated on one date and one date alone. And then yeah. listened to all the bullshit, got focused on one day, went in, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Was too big for the class. The yeah. rest of the guys were small in place had no idea at the time why just thought oh my god i'm shit blah blah and then all of a sudden it was just like what what i do now and i was so lost i mean i woke up this morning i did a post about it because i think for the i have quite a lot of like new athletes and i say athletes because they're not just bikini girls but male bodybuilders and, and physique guys as well um that they go in and they're so excited for their show and and they start like maybe a year before because they're like, oh, I'm going to get coached for my off-season, which, by the way, is the best way to do it, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. But from that point when they decide they're doing a show in 2021, you're gearing yourself. Everything you do every day is for that. And yeah. when that's not there anymore and you've done it, you wake up and you're a bit like, yeah. Okay, so yeah. everything I've been working towards all this time is done now, and it's this kind of emptiness of what am I supposed to do now? Yeah. And that's I think when people go off the rails, um, yeah. and you 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 see people not only 
physically their their health is suffering because they've kind of maybe started binge eating or whatever it may be to try and deal with those feelings but mentally it's so hard yeah you have to kind of think about it as a journey because you enjoy the journey not for that one day yeah 100% I will say that if you get into bodybuilding because you want to compete you're getting into it for the wrong reasons 100% and if, if someone perhaps loses their way after a show I'll always say that you never started this to win that show you started it to be better and yeah. you are better you'll get better and I guess I always just try and switch the focus and you'll probably do this as well is just to not I suppose getting jacked as fuck because not all females want to but just on performance and getting so strong um, yeah that's what I always place an emphasis on but so just awesome to to sit and listen to that from someone else describing the same scenario that I've openly been through um however I although I felt lost I still wanted to get really jacked so, so I just kept, kept doing the do yeah. but and I think that's that weird thing though with the, that's the difference between girls and guys on the whole on the whole because I'm very much like let's get stacked like I really <laughs> like training and then sometimes like my coach has to pull me back and go like hey Han maybe don't do back as often because your back is taking over or maybe do this a little bit more or whatever um but I think guys, they have this, okay, well, I'm going to grow now. Whereas girls, this, we can't eat in the same way. We gain weight quicker. We don't put on the tissue as quickly. And yeah. um, maybe if it's a girl and she's looking at her boyfriend or a, a good friend or a family member and she's going, but his post show is different to my post show. And it, it's tough as girls. It is really tough. I mean, the social pressures we have coming on to us about people going, oh, you? You've gained. You've gained. I mean, my friend said to me this morning that someone said to her, let me see your off-season picture, and then they called her a fatty. I mean, Shit. my God, people, we are like, me right now, my lowest weight was 44.6 kilos. Yeah. And people will think that is how I look. No, no, like, and, and, and that pressure post-show is so hard. I think we need to take a step back and go, yeah, guys go in and they're like, let's train. But girls are like, but I, I don't want to have these big arms in that pretty dress. Now I can wear the pretty dress and go out with my friends, but I don't want to gain the weight and yeah. I want to do this, but I don't want to do that. And yeah. everyone expects you to now be this social butterfly, but... You, you're also in your head, you're like, well, I've got to reverse now. Yeah. And it's not, the diet isn't done when show is done, but you don't have the goal. So like you say with that, those reps and the sets and everything, my logbook, I use it all year round and I will set my goals based on improvements to lifts. Yeah. Um, and I also write myself a new training plan, obviously okay with my coach, but I write myself a new training plan post joke so it's exciting to get into something new yeah. and it's those little things that you can do that will make kind of those goal setting and that, and that new new era a little bit easier yeah I th you know what i think you, can, you really hit the nail on the head about that it's it's not by all means it's not right and i don't agree with it but the the social pressures that are put upon and the judgment is yeah. it's ridiculous because what you'll often hear is maybe someone saying, oh, so you're eating loads now, eh? So you're not dieting, so you just, you're just eating whatever you want. You go, 
no, it's just 44 kilos isn't how I'm going to walk about all year round. So is that something, did you, you know, when you had first dieted, how did, did you sort of experience that pressure? If so, you know, how did you oh. deal with it? How did you cope with it? How did you, how did you overcome it? The first time I dieted was, and the first time, sorry, I came out of that prep phase was really, really tough. Like, I really, really struggled. Um, I put on quite a lot of weight quite quickly. I didn't binge, but I did kind of go, oh, well, now I can now I can go out for dinners and I can eat with my family on a Sunday and I can do all those things. And actually, you can't go back to normal but as a new competitor, you don't necessarily realise that. And no, I didn't have any bikini girls around me to kind of give me that guidance. Yeah. Um, because it was three weeks into that show and it was all very new to me. Um, and then I would go into the gym and, and I there was one guy who looked at me and went, God, how much weight have you put on now? Um, oh. And I was out with a friends, like two friends one night, and I remember this guy in a bar um, said to me, "I'd never date someone like you. Like you're so intimidating. Look at your arms. Look at your legs." Fuck. And I was like, "It's this idea that those sorts of things can be said to a woman who trains because we're expected to deal with stuff like that, and it's it's tough." It's really tough on a new competitor. Um, But I'm a little bit... uh, A little bit sharp at times. So I've kind of grown a thick skin. And when people say things like that to me now, I would kind of turn around and go, like, well, I'd rather look like me than you, mate. (laughs) And I think that's what you have to take, that really thick skin with bodybuilding as a female. Um, And I'm small. Uh, um, but I kind of think about the physique girls, and I think they look phenomenal. Yeah. Um, but they must they must get it as well, and it is tough. I I've often said that any guy that makes those sort of comments has a massive inferior complex in their head mm-hmm. because they fear that more than likely you are stronger than them, and that that sort of inside their own head belittles them. Have yeah. they not done anything just because you fucking love training? And then that reflection or their own insecurity is portrayed in a silly fucking comment that should have been not even mentioned. And it's not right. It shouldn't be, but it, it still goes on. But what you just said there, I think, is massive for any beginner um, out there because it's been a couple of clients over the past few weeks that have said, oh, my, you know, my, my previous friends or my previous you know person I used to work with, blah, blah, has said this, said that. And I'm always like, fuck what anyone else says yeah 100% I mean in the last in the last three years I've had people telling me me, I love my mum but she said to me a few weeks ago she was like okay now you look anorexic so you get told like you look ill that you look anorexic that veins aren't nice on a girl I personally love veins (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if I get stomach veins or arms like that are mapping up, I'm like, this is a good sign. <laughs> but um, yeah, like you, you get comments like you look ill. Um, people stare at you in the supermarket because you look different. And obviously, if you are unfortunate that you skull face up, you look like a crackhead. Let's be honest. <laughs> um, 
And then you get other comments, like you're in the gym and someone will go, geez, like your shoulders. And it's, they're impressed, but they're also a bit like, a bit much. So you have to grow a thick skin and you have to say to yourself, no, I'm doing this because this is how I want to look. Yeah. And I like to be strong. Um, and if I ask you for the dumbbells when you're done with them, don't take offence, work harder. Yeah, fucking love that. Absolutely. Yeah, work harder. If I'm 44 kilos and lifting the same as you, work harder. Absolutely. I guess one thing you really said at the start of the podcast was just actually how little you are. Is it... I don't. I don't want to say five foot. Is it four eleven? Is it five foot? Where, where are we <laughs> Is it four foot on the nose? <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. I thought I was five foot on the nose, but um, two bros at registration. I am five foot and three quarters. Right. Okay. I stand corrected. I was. I was going to. End, I was, don't I was, you forget them three quarters? <laughs> I, I was like, hmm, I need to find some way of introducing her and talking about how small she is in height, but I couldn't think of anything, so I thought. I'll ask you, but there we go. Official, official, above five foot. Now, I guess, by the way, that was an awesome tangent and I think a huge value for especially girls that are not just getting in at the sport, but girls that maybe they've been in it a year, but they've not really attained their true progress and then they, maybe they hire a coach and they gain this this muscle mass and all of a sudden they get those comments. I hope that they do re-listen to this or they reach out, they thank you for your words of wisdom because you've been there, you got the t-shirt, you threw it away or you've told them, yeah, you've told the guys to to beat it, yeah. but in if we kind of come Girls, back, girls, get yourself a muscle muscle worshiper. They'll love you. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, sometimes right, like I'll see like a, I always say that any high level athlete female just fucking kicks my ass in the gym when we train together. But I'll I, I'll see the comment like, "Geez," but I'm like, "Fuck, geez, I wish I was fucking as strong as that." <laughs> or I'm like, "I wish." I- I wish I was fucking doing that much more body weight than me. Yeah. But um, I guess I'm looking at it from a different perspective because I think as male bodybuilders, we just have a we have an appreciation of what it's taken you to get there. Yeah. So we're like, damn, fucking hell, well done. Whereas yeah. someone that maybe doesn't understand the sport or the process will always have a skewed view of yeah. of what it is, right? Yeah. Um, but anyway, so. For there's going to be some listeners out there that have thought, you know what, that's amazing that you've competed this year. I was going to compete next year, but you know what, I'm thinking of just fucking sacking it off because yeah. restrictions, gyms have now closed in Liverpool, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I wondered, you know, do you have like from your experience this year, you know, 10, 11 months of prep, would you have any advice for them? Would you kind of tell them to? Um, go ahead with it and that it wasn't too different from a normal prep quote-unquote or um, I guess maybe not you I'm not saying to, to tell them what to do but just advice you mm. maybe perhaps give them yeah so whether it was COVID or not I always say the same thing to people set yourself a goal I have a vision board which is in my kitchen I look at it every day and it's not just fitness goals it's like career goals um, mental health goals Whatever it is, like, one this year was be less stressed because I'm such a high-stress individual. But I think set yourself some goals and put them in a place that you can see and have them in the back of your head. Um, I'm a firm believer in visualising. But at the same time, if you say say to yourself, I'm doing this next year, there's instant pressure. Don't do that. Just 
I literally take my prep meal by meal. I'm like, okay, in three hours, I'm going to eat this. In two hours, I'm going to train this. Yeah. I, I want to go to bed at this time. And you just do it little by little, little by little. If you think about it, like, I don't know, August 2021, I'm going to do a show. It just feels like pressure. Like, well, what if I want to go on holiday? What if I want to do this? What about so-and-so? They're getting married. or Don't worry about it. Just take it day by day and just see what happens. And if you come to that point and you want to do a show and they are going ahead, talk to your coach. Like, see what they think. Have a really open and honest conversation with them. Yeah. Don't think that it's all on you because that's that's the partnership. Yeah. I, I, fuck, man. You're so right because there's been a, there's a few athletes that have got on board and we're speaking about next year. But yeah. I'm kind of the mindset. I'm like, look, show dates aren't out for next year yet. Yeah. We, we, we don't know, I says, we can come up with a hypothetical plan of, okay, we're going to maybe perhaps be extremely lean around the month of May next year. If there's a show, yeah, we'll do it. If not, we're doing a photo shoot that we said we would maybe perhaps do. You know what I mean? Just, just literally like your scenario of you did your show three weeks after a shoot having not really known much about it. The, the, main, the differences between yourself and my maybe perhaps those clients is they're checking in in bikini poses, you know, they're because one day they want to compete, we've just not set a date. But I absolutely love it because what you mentioned there about maybe perhaps you want to do on a holiday or start a family, like, there'll be so many people just dying to get away. Not Maybe not yeah. to, to Ibiza, maybe just to fucking Spain or France or wherever. Maybe you just want to pop down to Cornwall. <laughs> like, but there are ways to do all those things, as we know. You can, but if that's the case and you want to do both, you can do both. Yeah. I know so many people that have got an Airbnb and they've done done holidays and they've prepped in their kitchens and they've done if it fits your macros. But there are ways to do things. Yeah. But if you're going to put that pressure on yourself, I mean, like you say, they're not even up yet. My coach, for example, won't even talk to me about shows until the new year comes in. And then he starts going like, okay, so, so you know, you're 20 weeks from the first show or whatever it may be. Yeah. And that's how we think about it. And we also think about it, which is another thing for first-timers, you're all so eager to get on stage. You're so eager that you're like, okay, the first show's in March, the, the last weekend of March, that's what I'm going to do. Right, but the British finals are in October. Yeah. What, are you going to prep? Then you're going to go into maintenance, or you're going to come out for prep, and then you're going to go back down again? That is so hard to do and why are you putting your body through two preps you don't need to yeah and that's what people need to think about as well think about the bigger picture don't just think about i want to compete in march because that's six months away yeah think about it like the long-term goal and your prep is just as much about your off season because if you diet down and you've not gained the muscle it's completely pointless yeah so don't live for the stage it will always be there literally like Europe run all the way through pretty much I think until December you're so right and if we were to, to kind of stay on the advice to the, the beginners is that do you feel that you mentioned obviously that they're very eager to get on stage do you see a lot of females I don't see it too much I suppose there's not going to be many shows this year competing too early with not enough tissue or do you think that's becoming not being eradicated but becoming less each year what's your thoughts no it's it's such a problem because i think there are more people that live for the glitz and glam of stage than there are for people that live for bodybuilding 
And something I always say is I compete because I love bodybuilding. I don't bodybuild because I compete. Yeah. If I, if there was no stage, I would still eat my meal plan every day and I would still train and I would still do everything I needed to do and I'd still cut because I'd want to see it, have a little mini cut, check it out, reassess, go again. Yeah. Like, it, that wouldn't change for me. So if tomorrow they said, look, we're banning competing, okay. So it's a good, really, really good way to look at it. So maybe if you could think, if you could go back to the start of your journey within the bodybuilding scene, and yeah. I'm sure that you would do it all over again without hesitation, Yeah. would there be anything that you would do differently? That's a big one. That is a big question. I'll give you my answer is that if I do it all again, I just train arms a bit more because my arms look shit now. <laughs> right? <laughs> so that's my <laughs> that's my answer. But if we're thinking about bodybuilding itself from the start of your journey to into competing and whatnot, anything along the way, not necessarily at the start, but anything along the way that you look back and you think, you know what, that's what I should have done differently and that's what maybe someone, not shouldn't do, but maybe should learn from, from a mistake or something like that. Like lessons learned. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, I personally don't believe in regrets. I think everything happens for a reason. I think there is the butterfly effect. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily change anything I'd done. But my advice, if I was talking to myself and to others, just have a little bit more confidence. Like, be kinder to yourselves. Be more appreciative of what your body is capable of doing and what it continues to do. The shit that we put our bodies through and they go, yeah, cool, let's go again. Right. Also, when someone says to you, this is something I'm still learning, when someone gives you a compliment and whatever it may be about your physique and they say, like, you're really good at this or you're really strong or you would be good at this, say thank you. Take it on board and have a little bit more belief in yourself. Um, I'm still working on that. I have not, like, I might come across really confident on the stage, but, I mean, that's like, I mean, you know, like, Beyonce has two. Yeah. <laughs> there's oh. Beyonce and there's, like, She's... whatever her name is, Sasha Fierce. My stage is not me. Like, I'm an absolute nervous wreck at the side of the stage, and then I come on and I'm different. Yeah. I I have real confidence issues, so I would say with people, be confident and know that you are good at what you do, and just give everything. And at the end of it, I always say, if you can put your hand on your heart and you can say, I gave absolutely everything I could. There's nothing I would change because I did everything in my power to be the best version of myself, and you've done it. What what you know you know it's awesome to to sit here and listen is the passion that you speak with in regards to bodybuilding. Yeah. You, could, you could tell that it's it's not bullshit. It's something that you really truly care, you, you deeply care about, and you can see that in the conviction how you speak. And, and I really, like, I can sense it, and I hope the listeners sense that as well, because um, it I guess it's, it's more prominent in the, in the female side of things, but maybe not spoken enough in the male side of bodybuilding things, is the... The lack of confidence or the never-ending the never-ending pursuit to be better will always be there, but yeah. we are as bodybuilders very critical on ourselves all yeah. the time, 
and at times I guess even us guys don't accept compliments yeah we'll get a, oh you look sick and they say yeah they looked alright but fucking my arms are shit <laughs> Right. The yeah, amount of guys <laughs> that I hear go like, yeah, yeah. Well, you'll say to them like, my God, you look so good at the moment, and they'll say something like, oh no, no, I've got this sick pump product or whatever, and you're like, no, you look good. Well, yeah, yeah like, but but I'm carrying here, or my I need to bring my back up, or yeah. you're like, no, just say, say thank you. Yeah, one hundred percent. I also think a thing to touch on there that we haven't mentioned in the podcast is when it comes to competing in the bikini class, it's not just to do with your physique. It is to do with your confidence, your stage yeah. presence, your makeup, your bikini, and everything else in yeah. between. Is that something that you place a huge emphasis on to for, to for beginners? Yeah, yeah. Um, so my, whenever I get a DM about, oh, I want to do, I want to compete next year, I want to compete, what, what, what would your advice be? Um, practice your posing early on. Don't worry necessarily about the federation, because posing is like multi-layered. It's also about being able to hold a pose for a long time, because trust me, your legs will start shaking, you'll start to fatigue on stage. People think that it's just going up there and, and doing a little few moves or whatever. It's Posing is hard. It's hard to make it look effortless. So just get really good at your posing. Get good at that mind-to-muscle connection. And when you've got a really good mind-to-muscle in your posing, that will benefit your training as well. Um, 100%. Don't pick a bikini because yellow is my favourite colour. No, <laughs> it doesn't doesn't work like that. You pick a bikini based on your skin colour, your hair colour, um, depending on what federation you're in, depending on what category you're in. For example... PCA will allow you to be a bit more flamboyant with your designs. Um, and also you'll notice that the physique girls have these incredibly intricate designed bikinis in all these wonderful colours and everything. But two bros or MPC or UKPFF, they like blondes in red and blue. They like brunettes in blue and green. They like simple colours. Don't get over the top. Also, your bikini should draw attention to you. So don't go for dark colours on the whole. Unless your physique is absolutely out of this world, you want to draw attention to yourself. Um, your hair, like I mentioned earlier on, depending on your um, the federation that you're with. One of the girls had feedback the other week that the curls weren't right. Really? They, they, yeah, they will drill down into that. Your makeup should be, it should be good enough that it can be seen from far away on stage, but don't necessarily match your eyeshadow to your bikini colour because you've got a red bikini. Why you don't want this big red eye or like this massive blue eye? Yeah. Um, but don't look like a drag queen. It's down to details like, and a Jasmine at Compaq is fantastic for information about this, but. Your earrings, depending on the length of your hair and depending on the length of your neck, you don't want the earring to sit on your collarbone, but you want it to be near your collarbone. Right. The type of shoe depends on the type of federation. Yeah. It's, there's so many things. And, and, and whilst you're doing all of that, you also need to be on stage looking like you're not thinking about any of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that's something that us... Uh, us male bodybuilders don't appreciate 
because I'll tell you, my hair preparation before my show was, <laughs> you know, my face preparation was just towel. <laughs> Done. <laughs> right on the tan. <laughs> Here we go. Um, so yeah, I, I guess that's something that I don't appreciate, but I know is like hugely important and not something that I'll be honest with you. A few years ago, I really thought about because as yeah. a, I was an inexperienced coach. Whereas it's kind of like now I'm always like, when I'll have a beginner come on board, I'm like, right, you need to speak to the other girls in the team because yeah. I don't have long hair. I don't do my makeup. I don't wear anything's, but but those girls do. So yeah, yeah um, awesome, awesome advice because a lot of them will just kind of think, right? I'll just get a bikini. I'll just get a pair of shoes. And I'll just yeah. I'll just do my own makeup or whatnot. But actually, you done your own makeup. And yes, I did. Because I remember you were giving it the whole. I can't do it. The long blade. Yeah, yeah, that was it. The boomerang. That's the one. Yeah, that's the one. Um, <laughs> um on your story, but uh, I digress. Listen, I think there's been a heck of a lot of knowledge bombs throughout the episode. I think that you've given um, a lot of the listeners some insight to what it's been like for you to compete this year versus other years. But also, you know, it was, it was really, really good of you to go into that whole um, what, what shouldn't be your typical stereotype comments that you might receive and yeah. how to deal with that. That's going to be going to be huge. But one thing that I, want, I always ask listeners, uh, listeners, I always ask people that come on the podcast is if we were to speak, it doesn't necessarily need to be about bodybuilding. It can be about anything, but just could you think of the biggest lesson in life that you've learnt to date? And from that lesson, is there any advice that you'd give to the listeners? It could be absolutely anything. It doesn't need to be related to bodybuilding. Yeah. Um, do what makes you happy. Don't worry about anyone else. Don't worry about what society tells you you should be doing or what your timeline is. Um don't worry about what anyone else is doing. If you are happy and you have a roof over your head and you have a full belly and the people around you love you and you love them and you've done you've done your vision board and you've achieved things that you set out to achieve, just be happy. Because if, if COVID or as I call her, Rona, has taught us anything, life is so short. And yeah. it can be taken from you at any moment. And we've lost some incredible people this year. Um, and I think we just need to be a little bit more appreciative of, of how good we have it. Um, yeah. And, and, and just just live every single day like it's your last. And if you, <laughs> if you love someone, tell them. And when you hang up that phone call, say I love you, text me when you get home. It's such a small thing, but I do it with my friends. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it's important. Like, you just don't know when it's going to be the last. So just enjoy your life. Yeah. that Epic, pal. Epic. Even bodybuilding aside, you speak with passion in your voice, which is great. So for, for anyone listening that has enjoyed today's episode, they maybe want to give you a follow, they want to reach out, you know, tell you yeah. enjoyed it and whatnot. Could you just maybe drop your Instagram handle so they can get in touch with you? Yeah, um, it's just, just at Hannah Wares, um, W-A-R-E-X. Um, obviously, me and Vaughan are complete strength athletes. <laughs> best, best products on the market. Um, my coaching team is Amplified Nutrition. Um, and yeah, I. if you've got any questions whatsoever, drop me a DM. I'm more than happy to talk to anyone anytime. Um, there is no question that's too silly or whatever. I'm... I'm 
I'm an open book. So yeah. that's, I, that's appreciative, and I hope that the listeners do take you up on that. Um, saying that, I hope that you don't get bombarded now with you know 50, 100 DMs. But hey, maybe it's not a bad thing. Maybe you'll get a few few more followers from it. But um, uh, do you know what? Like, you can't say ask away and then be like, oh my god, there's too many questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, just ask. Yeah, it's you're fine. so right. Listen, a, a massive thank you for myself um, and everyone here at Vidal Physique can give it the beans on for coming on. And I'm sure I speak for the both of us that when we say to anyone listening, wherever you are, wherever you do, give it the beans.